Sounds like some of them are very exciting. There might have been tears with some original moments. Do you know the interesting thing about our original moments is that we all know we self-censure. We don't tell everything that has been going on, right? We, we might, and, and it's not just about being an introvert or extrovert, because, you know, I've asked before how many of you are extroverted, how many of you are introverted, and like 95% of our congregation says, hey, I'm an introvert. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what? How did this happen, God? <laughs> you know, but here we are. We're all here together. But there are some things that we are sometimes silent about. That in some ways we feel like, I can't share that. Then we might arrive at a point in our life where we're like, I can't share that yet. I know that God is doing something with it. And I'm going to be able to share about this someday. I mean, sometimes, you know, we talk about this with our quiet times. And we're going to have a series in the new year about how God's word ministers to us and among us and in the world. But, you know, we talk about soaps, scripture, observation, application, prayer, and share. And, and, but sometimes you have a, a quiet time with the Lord and it's like, oh, this is so special, or this is so, I don't understand it yet. I can't share it yet. Do you know, last week when uh, Brindley was reading about Mary, it says of Mary that she treasured and pondered some things, that she was collecting all of the data of who is this child growing inside of me? And, or that later was born. Who is this child? She's treasuring up all of these revelations, and she's pondering them. Friends, pondering is something you do in silence. You ponder in quietness as you try to figure out, what is this? that God is doing. You're trying to make sense of it. Now, I wonder about Zechariah. This is the husband of Elizabeth. And so we also saw Elizabeth in the stories last week that the text from which Brindley was preaching spoke of Elizabeth. And she was gestating this child called John the Baptist. And I wonder what it was like for them. And Zechariah was not in that part of the story, but we're going to talk about his part of the story today, the father of John the Baptist, and how he had a nine-month, maybe ten-month enforced silence. God enforced silence in his life. I wonder if he was an extrovert. Always trying to process things out loud, you know, thinking out loud, processing things out loud. And so the extrovert's talking and you're not sure. Are they making plans? or Because no, tomorrow it's something different, you know. They, they've just been processing out loud. And Zechariah is forced and compelled to be quiet for 10, 
nine months or so, we know he communicated that something had happened. But once the child was born, he was released from his silence, and he went from silence to prophetic praise. Let's look what God did in his life and explore what can we learn about the silent seasons in our own life. From Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 57, it tells us about the birth of John the Baptist. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zachariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. Notice they had worked out a home sign system. Sign language in the home, created. So they're like, what do we call this child? And he asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. Zechariah's silence began 
10 months or so earlier, when he was in the temple functioning as a priest before God, burning incense, he had been chosen by lot. Either they drew straws or rolled the dice, and he got the one, and it was his turn to go in the temple and burn the incense. All the people and the other priests are outside praying. Maybe some of them were praying that God didn't strike him dead as he burned the incense. But Zechariah is burning the incense, and all of a sudden he is startled because there is an angel beside him. Hi. (gasps) One of my kids loves the jump scare. I wonder if Gabriel did too. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. You just scared the bejeebers out of me. Can you imagine? Someone showed up in a space where you weren't expecting someone. God showed up in a space where you weren't expecting God. Mm. Zachariah, your prayers have been heard. Now, Zachariah and Elizabeth were old. And the angel says, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will become a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never take wine or other fermented drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, he asked the same question as Mary. How? How? Mary said, how? I'm a virgin. Zachariah says, How? My wife is old. (laughs) We're getting old. Like, our time is done. Our years are done. He says, I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And then the angel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak to you. And to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Zechariah's how was voiced from unbelief. Mary's how was voiced from belief. I don't know how the angel could tell the difference, but God knows. God knows when the how question in our life is drawn from faith and when it's drawn from unbelief, from doubt. Like, I don't think that can happen. And yet God despises neither response. 
to Mary, they went straight to how it was going to be done. To Zechariah, he was just told, you're going to be quiet. I wonder if Elizabeth was like, finally. Be quiet. And they just had a lovely time together in their age. And she conceived a child. And John was to be born. And Zechariah was still silent. Until the naming came. And in the naming was Zechariah's act of faith when he said his name is John. In that moment, Zechariah moved from silence to faith. His name is John. Who gave him that name? Gabriel. Gabriel carried the message from God that this child will be called John. There's no one in your family called John. There's no one in your line called John. But you will call him John. And in that moment, Zechariah was released from his silence and enforced silence. This is worse than laryngitis. And he began to praise God. And he said, blessed be the God of Israel. We read it. Because he's come to his people and redeemed them. In other words, Zechariah says, God has shown up. And he's ready to speak about it. Now, some of us have had seasons of silence in our lives that had various sources. I want to just cover some of the sources. For, for John, it was unbelief. But some of us, it was actually the suffering of trauma. This traumatic thing had happened to us, and we couldn't make sense of it. And we felt like a unicorn in the world. And we couldn't talk about it. We thought we were the only ones. Some of us have entered into seasons of silence because we were disappointed with God. And we weren't sure because God didn't show up, as it seemed, on time. And so we felt disappointed. Some of us are silent, though, because we are actually gestating faith. We are nurturing and building up faith inside for this seed that has been planted in us, this word of truth that's been planted in our life, this little bit of draw and attraction to Jesus that's been planted in our life, and we're not ready to talk about it yet. We don't even have words for it yet. For what we've experienced and what happened So we're in that silence of waiting, silence of preparing for the intensity that is ahead, silence of treasuring and pondering, trying to understand.
But hopefully, if you're in that season now, you can take hope from the life of Zechariah that there will be a day when you find your voice. When you find your voice and you're able to speak about the activity of God who met you in the traumas of your life. And the activity of God who met you in that season of unbelief. On the activity of God who began to orchestrate and work and open a door for you that you thought would never be opened. That he did it. You see, Zechariah begins his season much like the silence that seems to be in the Scripture from the end of Malachi to Matthew. What in the world was going on in all those years? Was God truly silent? Was God not aware of the oppression of Rome? Was God not aware of the pain his people were experiencing? Did God not care? And so they would have to treasure and ponder their experience, the Word of God, and they're waiting for a Messiah. Zechariah becomes this picture and a stand-in for Israel who was waiting for God to work in his good time. For at the appointed time, Gabriel says, this will all come to pass. And in that moment, Zechariah, when he wrote down the words, his name is John, his tongue was loosed, and he could praise God and give a public testimony about two children. Huh? Two children. First, he speaks of God himself coming. He's speaking of the child in Mary's womb. And then he speaks to my child. Did you notice? My child, you will be called the prophet of the Most High. I wonder if in this moment, Zechariah had scooped him up. Scooped up John and was holding him in his arms as he's dancing about. You, my child, will be the prophet of the Most High. You, my child, will be the one who goes before him to prepare the way of the Lord. You, my child, are going to give his people some knowledge of the salvation that's coming. This forgiveness of sins. Oh, it's priceless. And it is going to be accomplished by another child who comes like the rising sun from heaven to shine on those living in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. So Zechariah has had a long time to ponder. God had prepared him. I wonder if he had gone and pondered the history of Israel and the word of the prophets. I wonder if he had pondered what it was like to be enslaved in Egypt 
as a people for 430 years and wonder, will God ever show up? I wonder if he had been like Jeremiah, who seemed to have this lament that moved back and forth between faith and despair. Where on one hand, Jeremiah says, I wake up in the morning and I say to myself, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is good to those who hope in him. But then on the other hand, it's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. To sit alone in silence with what the Lord has laid upon him. Let him bury his face in the dust. Then there yet may be hope. For no one is cast off from the Lord forever back to faith. Though he brings grief, he is compassionate and so great is his unfailing love. Do you know, to move through being a middle schooler is to be like Jeremiah. In one moment, it's, life is terrible. And in the next moment, life is good. And the emotions go all over the place. And some of us have those experiences too when we feel so tired in university. Some of us have those experiences when we've graduated and we're looking for a job. Some of us have those experiences when a relationship falls apart. We move back and forth between despair and faith and despair and faith. And so we sit in silence afraid to speak. But the Lord is ready to hear your lament. The Lord is ready and preparing you for praise. Some of our processing needs to be done with a trusted person, a trusted friend, a trusted circle. It's not public yet. And then some days, your original moment will move from there to here. And you'll say it loud, and you'll say it boldly. Look what God has done. He has shown up. So where are you in this process? Do you find yourself in a season of silence? Or have you been released into a season of praise? Heavenly Father, we entrust our lives to you. And we pray that you would cause in us faith to grow. Let us be real about our unbelief. Let us be real about our disappointments. Let us be real about the long season of praying for answers and not getting them yet. But let us trust that you indeed are gestating 
and producing faith that can be birthed in our lives so that from our mouths comes praise, comes a prophetic word about what you can do in this world. Father, some of us long for a sense of purpose and calling. And so we've latched on to things and we're making those our identities. Rescue us, Lord, from thinking that our life is all about being a victim of circumstances and situations. Set us free, Lord, to continue in ways of righteousness and of justice, of compassion and goodness, of mercy towards others, even as we wait on you. May our waiting not be filled with resentment. May our waiting not give way to roots of bitterness. But may our waiting be that of watching, watching how you are working in the world around us. Lord Jesus, we are waiting and watching for your return. We live in a world in which it is easy to forget that you've got us and that you are holding us. So we come to you, Lord Jesus. With a great sense of faith and hope. <laughs>